So, you ready for some sex education from Martin Luther? I hope so, because uh, tonight you're going to hear a little sermon from him from New Year's Eve, 15-something or other, and uh, he talks about the circumcision and name of Jesus. It's customary in the Christian church for us to uh, hear that reading on either New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, or the following Sunday, and that is what we're going to do tonight. So I hope you find it, I think you'll find it very interesting, and because I've often wondered, and, and I know you've asked yourself several times reading the Bible, what is the deal with circumcision, and what does it mean, and, and why was Jesus circumcised? Those questions Martin Luther will answer for you, so I hope you'll find that interesting. On this night, it's customary to talk about New Year's resolutions and taking a look back at the year we had and taking an optimistic look at the, at the new year ahead. But the gospel reading for New Year's Day demands that our sermon be about the circumcision and name of Jesus, and so we're going to observe this. Let's first ask that smart woman, Madam Jezebel, the natural reason in us, this question. Is circumcision not the most foolish, ridiculous, and futile thing God ever asked his people to do? Could he have found no other part of the body to mutilate? The Israelites suffered a great deal of humiliation and shame because of it. They were despised by other kingdoms because of it and were almost considered an abomination. Moreover, there's absolutely no good in it. What purpose does it serve other than injuring the body? Don't answer this, by the way. <laughs> Hygiene and, and that kind of thing was not a thing in Luther's day. Circumcision doesn't make a person any better since everything depends on the soul. But this is typical of God. In our eyes, His ways seem foolish, humiliating and useless in order that proud reason, Jezebel, which considers herself clever and wise, may be disgraced and blinded. Give up her arrogant self and subject herself to God. Render honor to Him and believe that everything He presents is most useful, honorable, and wise, even if reason doesn't see it that way. So it is that God was not concerned about circumcision for its own sake, but about the humbling of proud human nature and reason. So too in the New Testament we have baptism, in which, in which we must have water applied and believe that in it we become cleansed of our sins and saved. We believe that Christ's body is in the bread at the altar. Again, we adore the crucified man as Lord and God. All this is immeasurably above and contrary to reason. Thus, all works and words of God are contrary to reason, and reason in turn is contrary to God, and they, they collide. It was certainly foolish in the sight of men for Noah to build the ark and warn that the world would be flooded. Lot must have, see, uh, must have seen to be, to be a fool when he said Sodom and Gomorrah would be wiped off, off the face of the earth. Moses and Aaron were fools before Pharaoh. God's word and his preachers today must be fools in a world which idolizes sex, money, and fame. And all this, all God is looking for is humility that man can set aside his pride and be obedient to divine truth. So it is too, this foolish rite of circumcision. It was given to Abraham and his offspring so that in this way they would give glory to God and permit him alone to be wise. 
Circumcision was a sign that was to make God's people recognized as different from other peoples, and indeed they were, but also that they would recognize each other, and foreigners would know to which God they belonged. God has never yet left his people without such signs or passwords by which one should know externally in the world where his people are. The Israelites are recognized by circumcision. That was their divine password. Our passwords are baptism and the body of Christ at the altar. We call them sacraments, that is, sacred signs. Because where there is baptism and an altar with bread and wine, there are certainly Christians. That's enough of the external, though. What about the spiritual significance? Why didn't God command the circumcision of the fingers, hands, feet, ears, eyes, or some other member? Why does he select that one member whose primary purpose is to make more people and naturally increase the world? If the purpose was to cut off evil, then in fairness it should be the hand or the tongue. It's through those two body parts that evil gets spread among men and women. No, it, it said that circumcision was done the way it was done because evil lust shows itself most in this part of the body. That's why Adam and Eve sensed the disobedience in their very bodies and sought to cover those parts for shame. But something else, which we always stress is portrayed here too, namely that God does not condemn or redeem a person for the sake of the works, but the works for the sake of the person. Our deficiency doesn't lie in our works, but in our nature. This goes against natural reason too, for we wish to claim ourselves innocent at birth. But our person, nature, entire existence is corrupted through Adam's fall. Not a single work can be good in us until our nature and person and our personal being are changed and renewed by the one who made and redeemed us. So by circumcision, God very clearly taught everyone that no one could become righteous through works or through obeying the law as long as the nature and the person are not renewed by God. It's through the circumcision of the particular male body part that it's shown to the world that everything connected with its origin and offspring are corrupted and sinful. Not just the mouth from which slander and hurtful things are uttered, not just the hand that stabs or batters one to a pulp, not just the feet that walk the rest of the body into places and situations of all kind of sin and dread. This hereditary sin or natural sin is the chief sin. If it didn't exist, there wouldn't be any actual sin. You know, the ones we act out and commit. Natural sin doesn't sin for an hour, then take a break until the next time. It's always there. It can't be driven out by any law or punishment. It's the one God is most concerned about and by His grace the one He sweeps out to make one pure and new. The law helps to point out this sin and teaches us to recognize it, but the law doesn't help against it. We find out about this sin and then learn that God gives the gospel and saves us in baptism. So why then does God command only the male be circumcised when woman, too, is involved by her nature and birth? The prophet in Psalm 51 laments more over the mother than the father when he says, Look, I was brought forth in sin, and in sin did my mother conceive me. It was done for the sake of Christ and his mother 
for the reason that he was to come as a natural man and person could be born of a woman without sin and without intercourse. But in all conception from a man there is sin in both man and woman and conception can't take place without sin on both parts. For this reason Christ did not want to be conceived by a man or else his mother too be obliged to sin and conceive him in sin. So the painful burden of circumcision is laid only on the male to show how every birth is sinful and condemned when coming from a man and it must be operated on and changed. And to this might be applied what John says, he gave them power to become the children of God to them who believe in his name who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh meaning birth from a man nor the will of a man but of God. If more women could give birth without a man and you know just as well as I there are many women who wish they could and don't start thinking in virtual fertilization either that's still from a man. If women could give birth without a man these births all of them would be pure and holy but this was reserved for Mary alone. Finally it was customary to give the child a name in connection with circumcision. But notice Jesus' name was given to him before he was even conceived. So he wasn't obliged to be circumcised. He was free from every aspect of the, of the law and sin before all men. Yet he submitted to the law and becoming like us saves us from the law and sin. Christ was not obliged to be circumcised but does it anyway and becomes master of it. It becomes subject to him. It's circumcision of the heart now, meaning faith. And he's given faith to us as a present so that the old way of circumcision come to an end and no longer have any say over those who believe in Christ. God be praised. What an abundant, rich, and mighty thing is faith. It makes of man in every respect a God. That's what the little g, by the way. To whom nothing is impossible. As Christ says in Mark chapter 9, Can you have faith? All things are possible to him who has faith. And so also Psalm 82 says, You are gods and all of your children of the Most High. Fittingly, his name this day is called Jesus, that is, Savior. We call a Savior someone who helps, redeems, saves, and who is for everybody. The angels told Joseph, She will bear a son, and you shall call him Jesus, for he will save his people, freeing them from their sins. We've heard how everything from God passes on to us through faith. All his rights and goods which he has over sin, death, and the law, we inherit. Now, just as circumcision signifies our faith, so the naming of the children signifies that we, through faith, become known before God through our distinctive names. For all those who don't believe, God doesn't know. As Psalm 1 says, God knows the ways of the just, but the ways of the unjust will vanish. So what is our name? We are called Christians after Him. Children of God after Him. Jesus after Him. Savior after Him. As He is called so we are called too, as Paul writes in Romans, you have been saved in hope, for you are like Jesus and a Savior. 
He pours out His abundant riches and goods over us in order that our hearts become free, cheerful, peaceful, undaunted, and so willingly and joyously keep the law. Amen. May the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.